the great John Lennon didn't hold back. I'm sick and tired of hearing things from uptight, short-sighted, narrow-minded hypocrites. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. I've had enough of reading things by neurotic, psychotic, pig-headed politicians. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. Well, before that particular plea for truth back in the 50s, we had to recognise, get used to, the use of doublespeak. Doublespeak is defined as language that deliberately obscures, disguises, distorts or reverses the meaning of words. Doublespeak may take the form of euphemisms, like instead of saying redundancy, we say downsizing. Instead of saying dropping bombs on people, we say servicing the target. In which case it's primarily meant to make the truth sound more palatable. It may also refer to intentional ambiguity in language, or or even actual inversions of meaning, so that doublespeak disguises the nature of the truth. Traditionally, and not entirely surprisingly, doublespeak is most closely associated with political language. When his opportunity arose, Adolf Hitler, in his book Mein Kampf, suggested the efficacy and efficiency of the big lie. The big lie. What he called a lie so colossal that no one would believe that someone could have the impudence to distort the truth so infamously. Truth hard to find and even harder to speak in Nazi Germany. Certainly much of modern media communications create uncertainty as to where the truth lies. Trust in media integrity is at something of a low point so that we're left wondering whom to believe and what to believe. The disturbing phenomenon of fake news has arrived at our door. Fake news, those news stories that are simply false, the story is fabricated with no verifiable facts, sources or quotes. Sometimes these stories may be propaganda that is intentionally designed to mislead the reader, or it might be what they call clickbait, written for economic incentives, where the writer profits from the number of people who click on the story, and the more fantastical the tale, the more clicks, and therefore the more money. In recent years, fake news stories have proliferated via social media, in part because they're so easily and quickly shared online. President Trump first tweeted the words fake news on December the 10th, 2016, and since then has lobbed accusations of fake news, or that should be uppercase fake news, on Twitter 200 times and more referring to everything from the salacious Russian dossier, Stormy Daniels, to lack of coverage of crowd sizes at his meetings. His criticisms highlight the seeming contrast between press and media commitments and aspirations to truthfulness and integrity and the reality. President Trump rails against the New York Times. I quote, The failing New York Times writes false story after false story about me. They don't even call to verify the facts of a story. A fake news joke.
28th of June, 2017. Well, it's good to know he's on the case. Yet the New York Times itself offers this high-minded mission statement about truth in an advert printed on February the 26th, 2017. The truth is hard. The truth is hidden. The truth must be pursued. The truth is hard to hear. The truth is rarely simple. The truth isn't so obvious. The truth is necessary. The truth cannot be glossed over. The truth has no agenda. The truth cannot be manufactured. The truth doesn't take sides. The truth isn't red or blue. The truth is hard to accept. The truth pulls no punches. The truth is powerful. The truth is under attack. The truth is worth defending. The truth requires taking a stand. The truth is more important now than ever. The New York Times. In this world where truth is always under threat of distortion and compromise, even the reputation of the BBC has been shaken by exposure of what it justifies as artifice. You may remember the Frozen Planet programme, the fakery of the infamous polar bear birth scandal, when the seeming birth of a cub in the ice wilderness, out there in the wild, turned out to have been shot one Tuesday or another in a wildlife park. But one example of stage-managed spontaneity, a set-up, fake, staged, And how about this one? That verse from John's Gospel about the power of truth to bring liberty. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, that's engraved on the floor at the CIA headquarters in Langley. The CIA, a bastion of truth and transparency. Who knew? A new definition of irony. An Olympic gold medal for irony. The truth matters because the alternative is catastrophic. We've all felt the corrosive effect of lies, or we know people whose lives have been ripped apart by untruths. Personal relationships when trust is gone and there is only sadness, loss and heartache. Corporate lying leads to danger and loss, whether they be lies about safety measures or emissions, denials of misdeeds, cover-ups. Empty promises that are never delivered. When the culture of business is beset by falsehood, the ripples of damage spread exponentially. It's not just an inconvenient scandal, people get hurt. When governments deal in untruth, whether it's dodgy dossiers, massaged statistics, fallacious justifications for acts of aggression or just a litany of empty promises, the effect is to generate a weary cynicism and an enervating apathy. The truth is that truth is necessary for healing. That's why post-genocide Rwandans had to face up to some pretty dreadful reality, had to confess to some appalling acts of violence and hatred. Without that painful honesty, there could be no reconciliation. Truth and reconciliation. Truth, then reconciliation. In the world of health and medicine, 
when we lock ourselves into the straight jacket of denial, then cure becomes unlikely. Treatment is predicated on honest diagnosis, even if it hurts. We don't want to hear that our lifestyle is killing us, but we need to hear those unpalatable truths if there is to be any possibility of betterment. So why do we prefer lies? As James Baldwin reminded us in his essay, Notes of a Native Son, no one was interested in the facts. They preferred the invention, because this invention expressed and corroborated their hates and fears so perfectly. Truth is sometimes hard to bear in its truthfulness. The psalmist, as we read in Psalm 19, is clear. God's word is truth, pure gold of truth, sweet honey of honesty, purest silver of genuineness refined seven times in the fire. In all honesty, the Bible tells us that we are in trouble. That's the truth. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. There is none righteous, not one, not one. It would be a new definition of naive not to agree that all is not well with the world. One glance at the news, one conversation at a bus stop, one look at the faces of the men and women around us, and you know the truth is we are in trouble. And the Bible tells us that this is because, the truth is, we are far off, far from where our home is. We should be close to the heart of God, enjoying deep communion with him in our life. But right from the get-go, when the Genesis poet describes the human predicament with such enduring accuracy, we read of God searching in the garden for his much-loved creation, Adam. Adam, who, shamed by his sin, runs and hides from God. And there echoes around the universe God's heartbroken question, where are you, Adam? You should be here with me, living in the joy of my love. Where are you? Where are you? And the truth is, we are lost. This is why Jesus tells us about lost sheep, far from the shelter of the sheepfold. This is why the story of the prodigal son is so compelling and true. We are the lost child. We are the lost child far from home. Our life threadbare because of our disobedience. And that means that we're missing out. Missing out on the life abundant, the fullness of life God wants to give and Christ can bring. He says, I've come that you might have life, life in all its fullness. The truth is, this is what God wants for us. Nothing good missed out, nothing shoddy or fake, robbing us of real life in him. Because, of course, it is also true that we are loved to the very core of our being with a love that will not let us go. The kind of love that nothing can separate us from, though the world should stand forever. What is the truest thing? about us, what is the truest thing about us that we are loved by God with a love that would stop at nothing stop at nothing to make things right for us and so it is also true that we are citizens of heaven 
This world is not the whole story, great though it can be. It's not the whole story about who we are and what we're meant to be. The old spiritual sums it up well. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. And because that is the truth about us. We are never going to be satisfied with the menu the world offers, the trinkets and toys and temporary titbits it offers. The truth is, we are made for God and we will not feel settled in our soul as long as he is kept far from our heart. When Jesus is brought before Pilate in the hours before the crucifixion, a profound conversation takes place about truth. Jesus tells Pilate, I was born and came into this world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. What is truth? said jesting Pilate, and would not stay for an answer. Well, don't let that be our response. If we want to belong to the truth, then we listen to him. If we want to belong to the truth, we listen to Christ, who is the truth, and speaks the truth, and brings the truth to us. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.